Welcome back to All About HR. Always love spending my time behind this microphone because I'm really excited for these conversations. I mean, I get up every day to have these conversations. I'm blessed to be able to have these conversations. And this one's a really fun one. Uh, Our guest today, Chris Hadley. I've known him. We've interacted out on the social HR space, but we've never talked. So we are fulfilling our mission here. We got to talk last week, and now I'm really excited to welcome to the show. Chris is a non-college educated HR director for Choices in Community Living, a nonprofit that provides services for adults with developmental disabilities to live their best life. Chris has not given any TED Talks, keynote speeches, or done any blog posts. He's a huge advocate of changing the stigma. Human Resources Department is just like the principal's office. I hear that. Chris earned his professional in human resources certificate from HRCI in 2020 and is a member of the city of Beaver Creek's Youth Development Committee and currently is a part of Beaver Creek's Rotary Board of Directors. Lastly, and most importantly, importantly, Chris is husband and recently promoted father of three. Chris, welcome to All About HR. Thank you. Glad to be here. Yeah, glad to have you here. And, you know, reading through that, it just brings me back again to, you know, the principles. The goal here isn't just to have everyone that's written a book and done a TED Talk. It's to talk to people out there doing HR stuff, living the HR life, not doing all the fancy stuff, standing in a pulpit saying how things are. I want to talk to people that are like out there living what things are. So I'm really excited to have you here today for the conversation. Yeah, glad to be here. Like you said, long time in the uh, in the works. And uh, you know, I love giving my kind of perspective as the one that didn't go through the 20 years of college and worked his way up to... Uh, the director level. Um, I think, you know, I had kind of a different twist on uh, people getting into HR and promoting uh, and getting promoted within HR. Uh, and also, I'm a big, big fan, very biased on this, but seeing more people that are using those soft skills transitioning into HR and not going that formal college route, master's degree and all that. Yeah, I love that. So tell, tell us a little bit about your journey. I know there's some hotel background and I definitely want to key in on that, but Tell me about your journey. How did you do that? You know, what were what was your personal strategy? Were you trying to get to HR? Tell tell us your story. Yeah, so like for probably over a decade, like I always had this goal, like I want to get into HR. It sounds great, very misconcepted or mis uh, perception that I thought it would be great because I love dealing with people and HR is people. Totally was way off there once I started learning more and more about it. Then the big thing that derailed me was back then it was. You have to have a degree. You have to have experience. You have to do all of this. And being a single dad, I was like, I, I don't have time to go back into school, try to get a four-year degree while working full-time. So just kind of put it on the back burner as like, you know, it'd be cool if it happened, but no worries if it didn't. And then uh, luckily I got more involved in Twitter around 2018, 2019, uh, same LinkedIn, got connected with a lot of HR people. And they're like, you should do it. Go for your certification. Awesome. Degrees aren't the end all be all. And so luckily I had kind of a lot of people that never met before in person, just kind of pushing me on and pushing me on. And then uh, I was like, you know what, I'll go ahead and do it. Dump the money into uh, certification. Luckily COVID hit. So that kind of gave me more time to prep because reading through all the laws and dates and everything. I mean, it just, that was a headache. So silver lining COVID gave me more time to study up on that. And then when it came time to take my exam, did that online, passed it, and uh, that just kind of uh, put me on a rocket ship, so to say, to where I'm at now. Yeah, that's great. That's a great story. And I, I agree. I mean, I went to college, and I 
And I was there going, I know I'm supposed to be figuring something out, but like, what am I doing here? So I ended up getting a hospitality degree because I figured I'm going to fight through all the business requirements because no matter what I end up doing, I'm going to have some business, but I'm going to be a hospitality guy. I'm going to run hotels for my whole life. And I, we, I spent my college career preparing for that. And then not too long afterwards, I realized I don't want to spend my whole career in hospitality. So, you know, it's, it's, we both end up in a lot of the same space. And I went the college path that didn't necessarily push me to here. You got here without going that college path. And I think it really comes down to just working hard and focusing on getting better and getting to somewhere. Is that, was was that really your approach? Like, did you have a strategy when you got into hospitality and you started working towards this? Kind of. Um, so hospitality, I, I dabbled off and on between part-time, full-time. Um, for a long part of my life, I've worked two jobs, and hospitality was kind of that part-time job on the weekends or evenings here and there. Uh, again, I mean, HR was kind of in the background, but every time I'd get kind of motivated to look into it, it was, you know, you see these job postings, seven to ten years experienced, bachelor's degree minimum. And I was like, I don't have that, and I don't want to bother um, applying or even looking into it. And at that point, you know, I couldn't, um, money wise start out as a HR assistant, making a right. little bit above minimum just to get my foot in the door. So, uh, you know, just one of those things like it pop up, like, Hey, you know, I'll look into it and then you know, kind of get defeated with all the requirements for, um, all those, uh, HR jobs. And then, uh, again, luckily the, the HR community, which is by far my most favorite community to be a part of awesome they rallied behind me they gave me the encouragement and the resources and the connections and uh got my button gear and uh kind of gave me that uh the motivation that you know even though i don't have the uh, fancy degrees or anything like that i can uh be a valuable part of hr yeah that's that's fantastic and i i see people out there in our community now in the spot you were in trying to get there and i've also seen I've only been around in this specific community. I found it two years ago, but I've already seen two and three people make that leap. And a lot of it's because of the community and the dedication. You know, you can't just say, hey, I want to do this. I need a job. But it's really putting in that time, investing in the community, being a part of that community, uh, being open and learning. And you can get there. And I think that's really, really cool. I love that story. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, nothing is college. I mean, if you go the college route, you know. It's, it's great. There are great things to learn, uh, but college is not for everybody. And I started out at a community college, realized learning algebra and Western civilization wasn't going to get me to the good uh, or do me well in the degree that I was going for back then, which was not HR. Um, and so I, I'm very thankful that you know, uh, SHRM, HRC, I have those certifications that are just strictly HR things only and not all kinds of other courses or things that may not apply to it. Yeah, this is fantastic because I didn't know that backstory. And this is exactly the stories I want amplified because when you're out there trying to do it, trying to make these leaps, I changed careers at 38. I remember going, I don't know if I'm going to be able to pull this thing off. Uh, luckily, I don't know, debatable if I did or not, but uh, it, it's a, it's a really tough headspace to be in when you're trying to make that leap. So I just love amplifying these stories and uh, this great unexpected uh, uh, conversation to start us off here today. Awesome. So let's get into my first hard hitting question for everybody. What are you listening to right now? So I had a list because I'm all over the place with music, genres, 
audiobooks, podcast. Um, I mean, if you look at my phone and through all the different apps, it is just a giant cluster of everything. But I just realized, and I'm ashamed to kind of miss, uh, ashamed to admit this, that uh, Claude Silver has her own podcast, and I'm a huge Claude Silver fan. So uh, her podcast, Emotional Optimism, uh, Living the Silver Lining. I uh, officially started binging on that, and I think I got another seventy some episodes to catch up on. But oh wow, you're that going is what's deep playing right now. <laughs> you're yes. you're not just going to listen to it here forward. You're going back. Absolutely. I, what's funny is if you mentioned a Netflix show, you're like, oh, uh, Yellowstone. I'd be like, well, of course you're going to binge and watch that. But it never would occur to me to do that with podcasts. I, I'm always like, like with the Daily Show, I watch all the time. I won't watch yesterday's like episode more than two days after it, or like an episode more than two days after it goes, but I got to change my thinking there. There's some really good content I'm probably missing and I should encourage my listeners to go back and listen to these older <laughs> episodes too. So, uh, that's awesome. What else? Uh, what else? It sounds like you got a pretty good list here. I'm all, I'm always looking to, I'm typing this out for the show notes too, by the way. So what else you got? Yeah. So, um, uh, sticking with podcasts, obviously the HR social hour. Um, I am a huge, huge fan of John and Wendy. Uh, love their show. Did the same thing once I stumbled across their show, went back and listened. And I could say, you know, they were uh, indirectly and directly a huge uh, part of getting me into uh, where I'm at now. Uh, the way they have their podcast set up with the questions. And uh, for me, not having any direct, quote unquote, HR experience, job titles and all that. Hearing from HR professionals, how they got started, where they're at, how they moved up just all those individual stories. I mean, it's just a wealth of knowledge out there. So um, instead of binging on Yellowstone, <laughs> yeah. <I> will, <laughs> I will do the podcast. I'll do the documentaries and just go deep on those. Because uh, for me, that's that's how I learned from the experience, stories and experiences of other people. Uh, so all into that. Yeah, that's. Uh, I will admit, I do go back when I see people from the community and I realize, of course they were on that show. I will go back. That's the one I will go back. I wouldn't say I'd binge it, but I'll see a name, realize they were on that show and then go back and listen to that episode, whether it was one, two, five years ago. So, uh, right. So yes, they are a huge influence for me as well. You probably heard that's part of the reason why I was inspired to start doing this podcast. So I feel like they, they deserve a shout out every one of my episodes. <laughs> Any music? You mentioned you're a music, uh, music guy. Yeah, so music. Um, on my Apple uh, music app, I mean, I have so many different playlists from country to music for the gym to I have a playlist like um, specifically for just good vibes. I started kind of dabbling into like the white noise and those alpha binaural waves for concentration. So uh, we'll see how that goes um, as far as keeping my brain on track and focused. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I got country, um, your DJ, techno, dubstep. I mean, just pretty much a little bit of everything outside of classical music. To be yeah, if it's good, you like it, it sounds like. Absolutely. So that's, it's funny. I always like talking to people about music, and you get the people that are like, I was playing this album, or I was listening to this person. Mm -hmm. And I do that, but I tend to be so all over the map that I just make, so my, I make a fall winter play mix and a spring summer. And then I have some other ones, but I like mixes. Like I like hearing yeah. Metallica with Tupac with 
fish with, you know, Sturgill Simpson. Like I like having all this like wild stuff coming at me. Is that, uh, uh, you know, why do you like having mixes? Is it more mood? Is it more just like, uh, the environment you're going for? What's, what's your mix appro- uh, approach? Yeah. So, I mean, it depends on, uh, like we said, the mood. So the, um, the mix I have, that's my gym music. Obviously that's strictly for gym or, um, I'm getting ready to go out and hit golf balls. And I think I want to hit them farther with little Metallica or, yeah. uh, little Wayne or, um, something along those lines, uh, country music, you know, um, most of it's just kind of, just kind of have playing in the background. They got a good beat. Um, the the dance techno stuff i mean that's kind of been my jam um it's i i get really excited um seeing these djs mix three four five songs all together for one song and how it flows just seamlessly um i thought i could be a dj that was kind of like my dream job at one point in time and then i tried mixing songs and i'm like this is way tougher than <laughs> what it looks so huge respect to the djs that can do all that and then i do kind of have uh, a big mega list of just everything dumped in there that if it was like you know i think this is a good song it's in yeah there. i love that uh, have you ever heard of the avalanches do you know uh do you know them no they might be up your alley they do a lot of mixes they do a lot of they've been around forever but i just saw them out here okay. recently and uh pretty cool stuff I'll, I'll send you a link to that uh so you can check it out i will definitely do that let's talk about some hr things this has been uh you know we could probably do an hour just you and i hanging out but let's <laughs> let's get into some hr conversation here so tell me about your current role um you know what you're doing uh, where your focus is at um, at choices in community living. Yeah. So, uh, the big focus is our people. Um, our leadership management team is just a small fraction of, um, our total employee base. Um, a lot of people, so our, a bulk of our employees are called direct service professionals or DSPs for short. Um, not very common job title out there is pretty niche, but, uh, the way that I compare it to is, similar to like a home health aid, but less formal, more personal. Um, we don't require our um, DSPs to wear scrubs, any kind of medical garb. They can go in and whatever they would normally wear, going shopping or out to restaurants or at home, because we want them not to only be comfortable, but to also kind of eliminate that possible stigma that, you know, they're there to administer medication, take vitals, things that we want to be more of a, home, family kind of oriented um, atmosphere uh, because they are going into people's homes and they are spending anywhere from four hours to 24 hours straight with those people. So I love uh, that differentiation. I mean, are do you, I would imagine the feedback's probably pretty positive uh, from, from your clients and customers, but is that, does that flow all the way through? Do you see that all the time? Or, you know, to me, that just really stands out as a really great, nuance to really understand about providing that kind of care in somebody's home. Yeah. I mean, it flows from top to the bottom. Um, and we have people that, uh, on our C-suite that are shirt and tie jacket 24 seven. And then we have some that are t-shirt and jeans. Uh, we have people wearing shorts, cowboy boots, sweatpants, hoodie. I mean, you name it. What we really push is we want you to come as you are, be as comfortable as possible. Uh, because not everybody wants to wear a uniform into work. And if you're more comfortable wearing 
um, gym clothes, then so be it. Uh, because at the end of the day, uh, you're there to help take care of our clients and we want to make it as easy and uh, effortless as possible. Yeah, that's fantastic. Sorry to jump in. I just wanted to to just dig in there a little bit more. Uh, go on. So you, you have your team. You're mostly out in the workforce. Is that where most of your workforce is currently? Yeah, big uh, bulk of it is out of the homes or group homes, um, taking care of the clients, uh, prepping meals, transporting them to either work or activities or uh, providing that one-on-one uh, care that they need. Um, a lot of our people um, are kind of on the lower end of the spectrum, so they don't need that 24-hour supervision. They just kind of need help with the basics, bathing, cooking. But then we do have some on the high end that need that 24-hour hands-on assistance. So um, when we do recruit and bring people in, we try to uh, find the best fit for the best client because obviously not everyone is fit to uh, take care of these people with the special um, with their special needs and um, especially the ones that are more severe. It can be very, very frustrating if you've never been in this field or uh, had to be around anybody with um, disabilities. So it sounds like, I mean, that's some pretty hard work your team's out there doing. Um, I, I'd imagine pretty gratifying work as well. But even if it's gratifying, that has to be hard work. You're not just coming in, logging in, sitting at your desk. And not that me sitting at my desk isn't hard sometimes. But, you know, how do you how do you recruit and support that that team out there on the front lines doing a little bit more of you know, non-traditional, more on-the-ground, uh, forward-facing work? Yeah, so we have some incredible directors and managers that I, think, I believe every single one of them started as a DSP, worked their way up. So they know what it's like to be out there. They know what it's like to experience having someone come in late or call off at the last minute and have to stay over and scramble for help. Um, and each manager and each director runs their homes as best as they see fit. Obviously, uh, everyone is different. Every home is different. So as far as overseeing and managing, they do a phenomenal job as far as taking care of their workers, communicating to them, whether it's through text, through Zoom, in person, one-on-ones, whatever works best for them, that's what they do. And uh, for the most part, it has been um, awesome to see. And kind of what you kind of alluded to, it is very rewarding and gratifying. Um, People that tend to stick with... um, our clients for the long run, they consider them as family. Uh, before COVID, we had a, a lot of uh, them take them to the barbecues and family reunions as almost a family member. And uh, the clients we serve are awesome. The ones I've met, not met one that I didn't like. A lot of them are sharp and witty. We have some that will tell you stories for days. We have some that compete in the Special Olympics and gladly show you their bowling balls and track spikes and whatever they're competing in. I love it. it it's just really cool uh, hearing their stories and seeing basically how they live their life through their lens. So it sounds like focus on the people first. Good communication, being accessible. Let the people be themselves, be the whole person uh, is, a, is a term I started uh, you know, hearing last year. But it sounds like it also takes a lot of skill. I can imagine if I was in that role and I'm like, I love my manager and they're really nice, but like it takes a, probably a lot to be out there doing this on a daily basis do you hire for the skill set do you train the skill set how do you support the skills behind the person so d all the above Um, if someone doesn't have the skill set we will gladly give them the training Um, obviously they go through an orientation training process uh, to where they learn the clients they learn 
what's unique about them, what to look out for, um, how to uh, deal with behaviors and what triggers behaviors. Um, so they're not just going in there completely um, blind and learning uh, by basically getting thrown into the deep end. Uh, with our managers and directors, it's just continual trying to get uh, training out to them. Uh, communication is a big one, and I'm sure uh, you're aware not everybody communicates the same. So 100%. that's been kind of our big goal this year is to get more communication training, but not make it sound like you have to go learn how to communicate because that will, I, I, I will, I people roll. turn off to, to that be told. for sure. Like it's, it's a Absolutely. reaction. We all think we're great at communication. If there's one thing all of us need, it's communication training or evolution or Abs- focus. Absolutely. Yeah, and the thing with communication, I mean, if you learn different communication styles for different people and you know how to speak to them and get with them, it's almost like you're using Jedi mind tricks at some time. Get point, uh, through to them the points that you need to, and then you can also get them to open up and tell you the things that they may not want to tell you, but you need to hear to help them with their job and make their uh, work life a lot better. So when you're going out and recruiting, yeah, it's a nonprofit. So you probably don't have just all the big bucks to throw salary at people and demand you have X, Y, and Z certifications. How do you go about recruiting and bringing the right talent in? And what's your main focus? Is it skills? Is it personality? Tell us a little bit more about how you get these, the, these great team members on the bus. So um, we have a great recruiter who does a big bulk of the recruiting. And um, she was a DSP as well before, so she knows what it takes. Uh, She works very closely with our managers and directors as far as uh, what kind of skill sets and personalities work best with individual clients. So we're just not throwing people out there and hoping that it works out. But she she has a very good understanding of this home, these are the clients, these uh, are their their behaviors and how... uh, they do their day-to-days and all of that. So it's almost like playing matchmaking. 100%. So we don't just hire anybody, but, you know, if somebody comes in and they don't have any experience, you know, we will train them because, um, again, I mean, once they get in here and if their heart's in it and they're not just here for a paycheck, once they um, get to know these clients and uh, they're with them for a long time, I mean, it again, it goes back to that whole family feeling. And um, although we... Like, you allude to we are a nonprofit. You know, we don't have a uh, Brinks armored truck in the back full of money that we can just throw at people. Um, I mean, our hands are tied when it comes to uh, what we can pay. Uh, but it's that that uh, sense of uh, fulfillment that they get by helping these people um, do what they want to do. Uh, on top of that, from a recruiting standpoint, we try to provide them with whatever kind of benefits that we possibly can. Again, we don't have a blank check to write. So uh, some of the things that we started doing is uh, the big one that we just started. We teamed up with a credit union and um, anyone who is looking at buying a home for the first time, this credit union is getting them ready to make their uh, first big purchase. They're working with them on budgeting and financing. They're working on them if they need help boosting their credit, how to get that boosted and also walking them through that and not uh, to yeah, where that they can get their credit high enough and not just like, you know, here's a piece of paper, do this, you know, you're on your own. Uh, one of the big things that uh, was really cool is this year we started um, an ICRA program for our medical insurance. So instead of saying, you know, here are the two plans you get to pick from, 
you now have a whole marketplace to shop from. So you don't have to be stuck with what we offer. You can go through any insurance company, pick what plan you want, and um, to kind of go over the success that we've had, we've had over um, double of the amount of enrollments of employees from the previous years. And I'd say probably 60% are paying less than what they would have paid on like the standard plan A, plan B that we've offered before. And we have a few that pay nothing because of the amount that we contribute compared to what the cost is. So, um, I mean, we have people that are insured for free. And so that right there, instead of paying a couple hundred per paycheck that they were, that money's going directly into their bank account. Um, and they still have insurance. Now that's a fantastic benefit. Absolutely. I want to take a quick break, but I want to keep this benefits conversation going. And I want to change the angle a little bit because you're a new father. And I want to talk about what that experience has been like and, 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 and understand what kind of benefits and what you're seeing in the market and what your experience was like as much as you and your family can talk about it. Yeah, for sure. I, I'd like to get into that. And before I take this break that I just alluded to, I also want to compliment when I ask the question about bringing in great talent, I hear so many things about, we look for this and that and the other. I love that you recognize the recruiter because you see out there so many recruiters doing so much great work and it is so thankless so often from mm-hmm. hiring managers, from directors. And it, it's just great to hear that that one person, that role is so impactful on top of everything else you're doing. But there's a real human behind this. It's not an ATS, it's not just a system. It's a real human out there doing great things to help to help drive that talent uh, into your organization. So I love that recognition. Sure. All right, here's the break we're taking. We'll be right back. All right, it is time for the HR hot sauce. Chris, are you ready? Absolutely. What is the best job you have ever had? So that's kind of hard to pick one just winner, uh, just like you can't pick best basketball player in Jay, Bron, all them. Uh, throughout different stages of my career, there's different best jobs. Obviously, my current job of choice is best job ever. It's phenomenal. Um, my 12-ish years in the hotel business, all but one of the hotels I worked for were awesome. And then my short time at Associate Builders and Contractors is right up there with them. What's the one phrase at work that drives you nuts? So luckily we don't use this a lot around here, but the one that would make me flip tables is, this is how we've always done it. I'd flip tables too. Yeah, you and I are aligned on that one. Do you like working on rainy or sunny days? It's gotta be sunny, rain's too relaxing. I like that too. How can someone make your day at work? Just hearing their successes, uh, regardless if it's me a part of it or helping them or if it's something personal, uh, any good story, I love hearing. Your best useless skill. So this one's only useless like 99.9% of the time, but I can eat really, really, really fast. That's a good skill. Mild, medium, hot, or nuclear? I am somewhere in between medium hot with a hint of sweet. Ooh, I like that. You like that uh, sweet and sweet heat, like barbecue? Is that your Thanks. go-to? Yep, that's the go-to. Just had some of that last night. Favorite interview question to ask or be asked? So when I used to recruit and even the few interviews that I do now, uh, I like to always freestyle questions after getting through those generic requirement ones. So um, I've gone favorite Marvel movie, uh, who's a better rapper, than him, uh, or my favorite, why is Ohio State <laughs> University overrated? Oof, my dad's a Buckeye, so uh, 
I'm, I'm in the Buckeye. Answer in that. <laughs> I'm in the Buckeye State, so it's a blast to ask. Oh, I'm sure. Final question: What song do you put on to get you out of a funk? What gets you up? There's a couple of them. I'm a big music head, but my two go-to's are Nelly, Country Kramer, or uh, Clayton Anderson, uh, Shotgun Rider. For now, that's college football season. Inner Sandman. That's the uh, interest music from vocals. Great job on the HR hot sauce. Let's get back to the show. And we are back. That was a great HR hot sauce, Chris. Uh, really <laughs> some good answers in there. Uh, quick question before we jump into that benefits conversation. You mentioned the Hokies. Are you uh, a Virginia Tech fan? Is that what I'm hearing? I am indeed a Virginia Tech fan. Absolutely. So um, the backstory on that, when I was looking into going to college, I didn't want to stick around here, started looking, wanted to get into physical therapy Great. and be an athletic trainer for an NFL team. Dream goal. So found their program, loved it. And then um, in the application process and that, I uh, found out I was going to be a dad. So I uh, kind of put that uh, trip to Virginia Tech for college on hold. And, still holding. <laughs> uh, ever since then. Still holding, but still a big fan. Not to go all the way down the rabbit hole, but I went to James Madison University at the same time that Michael Vick was at Virginia Tech. I was at Virginia Tech when he scored his fourth touchdown, doing a front flip from the five-yard line into the end zone in the first quarter, his fourth (laughs) touchdown. And I don't know if I'm ever going to forgive Virginia Tech making me feel the way I felt that day. (laughs) Yeah, I think any sports fan has that one memory of somebody just... Yep, that was it. But uh, I always enjoyed that school. It's great. School. Wanted to talk a little tech for a minute. All right. Benefits. So first off, huge congratulations. Number three? Number three. So uh, two boys, and then I have a bonus daughter that I got by marrying my awesome wife. Fantastic. That's nice. Well-rounded. That's perfect. Mm-hmm. I saw the recent picture you um, – You might. what's your son's name, your newest? So newest son is Elias. Elias. I saw the candy corn picture on Twitter. We'll put your handle in there. If anyone listening likes seeing cute pictures, it's probably one of the cutest baby pictures I've ever seen. Yeah, so I will be – full disclosure, I despise candy corn. And when we went to have our pictures taken, my wife brought that out. I'm like, absolutely. <laughs> She she won that battle, but it turned out great. I'm a, in that instance, I'm a fan of candy corn. Outside of it, I want nothing to do with it. I uh, I like candy corn, but I'm in the minority. I get it. I'm glad your wife won that battle, and I'm sure it sounds like you are. So I, I anytime I get a chance, which hasn't been on this podcast yet, but you know, somebody a new parent, what's that experience? What was that like for you? Where are some of the gaps you see in our society? I don't know if we want to talk specifically enough about your organization. Uh, but what was that experience like for you and for your wife, bringing a child in, bringing your third in while having full-time jobs, while trying to manage all these different pieces? Yeah, so we got extremely lucky. Um, both my wife and I, we can work remote, hybrid, whatever you want to call us. So as she got closer to due date, she was able to uh, work a little more from home. And uh, she works in a field that isn't particularly remote friendly per se. She does clinical medical research. So she has patients. She has to see, you know, they have to do blood samples and draws and all that. So it's not like she can do that Zoom. So she was able to kind of be able to fluctuate her schedule a little bit to more time to be at home and work rather than being in office with me. Not to brag. it, It was a perfect situation. The company that I worked for. Brag, let me know. this is good. Yeah. Um, they let me know from the beginning. Whenever the baby comes, take as much time off as you need. Do whatever uh, you need to take off your plate. Don't worry about using PTO or anything like that. Just, you know, spend time That's with the incredible. family, bond. So it was awesome not having that pressure like, 
as soon as the baby comes, I have to check email. I have to get back, return phone calls. I have to get back in the office and get back to work. So that, I mean, look at that. That was a huge burden. Oh, sorry, I, I just want to ask. That's awesome, but that sounds like an outlier. What What are your thoughts on paternity leave? What are your thoughts? Like, I don't see that out there as much. I'm starting to hear a little bit, but do you feel like there is a need? Would that need have, have helped you if your company wasn't just naturally saying, hey, let's support Chris. Chris, take your time. Um, would you have had a need for paternity leave? Oh, for sure. And, you know, I will say, you know, I, um, with this son was different than Dion, my first son. He was born on a Tuesday. The company I worked for um, allowed two days of parent leave for um, spouses. So I was able to have those two days off. That birth was seamless, routine. We were in, out, no complications. So obviously I was very, very younger than I am now back then. So didn't blink an eye, didn't think of anything. But this one, and I think it also has to do you know, with being in HR and hearing more stories, you know, a lot of things kind of came to light. So our company doesn't have a quote unquote maternity leave for spouses and hearing stories from others that are kind of in that same situation. Uh, for us, it wasn't a routine pregnancy or delivery, I should say. So then when we finally made it home and just went, you know, everything went fine, no complications, baby, wife, yeah. healthy, but she had to have kind of a last minute surgery. And after that surgery, she is restricted on what she can do, where she can walk to what she can lift and you know it got me thinking like if this happened on a tuesday like my last son after two days i go back to work who's going to be there to help her obviously she's on leave but right. not everybody you know a lot of people also have monday through friday jobs so it it, it boggled me that uh, you know there isn't if you don't have maternity leave for spouses that's fine but if the company you work for you're able to work remotely or hide and you don't offer that i mean it it just to me, it doesn't make sense because ha- letting new parents spend that time with their newborn or and help their spouse if they are recovering or if it's something more extreme. That kind of benefit, and again, I'm very biased, you know, new parent, but I think that benefit, I mean, that trumps almost anything else out there. And being able to have that kind of flexibility to where you can work from home and be able to juggle baby work and all that, one of the best benefits you could possibly have. You always think about these use cases in either the worst case or best case scenario, mm-hmm. but I'd say that has to be a pretty common scenario where it's not just the dad wanting to spend the first five days at home with their new child, which I think should happen at a base level. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if there is care that you have to give not only to the baby, but to your 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 wife, your partner, you shouldn't have to burn all your PTO right out the gate to do that. And it, it's great your, your organization gave that, but it, that's just another thought point of really having defined benefits as organizations to support your team. And you said it, yeah, you're biased, but I mean, that's what humans do like across the aggregate is we have babies, um, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's adopted or you're having your own, like, that's just kind of part, like not everyone has to do that, of course. But if you're saying that's one of the most important benefits you can have, I would imagine there's millions of other people thinking the same thing out there. And the fact that we haven't moved the bar on maternity leave, that's not even where it should be let alone starting to get into the paternity leave, I think that's a conversation that should happen more often. Absolutely. And uh, kind of uh, going back to the whole PTO thing, uh, I'm, I'm still, I'm coming up on my one year anniversary. With the company. I've worked for companies before to where you had to work a full year before you even get PTO. So someone in my situation, I've PTO is not even an option. So uh, that's just, I mean, another kind of scary headache that some people have to deal with if they want to take time off to be with their new child or be with their wife to help out, it's unpaid. And um, obviously the uh, new mom doesn't have maternity leave or doesn't qualify for it in their company. If they don't have any kind of like AFLAC or short-term money, because that those bills start uh, piling up real quick. And that is, 
a stress I don't think anybody wants to go through. And to the conversations I've had here a lot, when you're going through that, you're not coming into work doing a great job. For you sure. can be the best worker ever, but that's going to that's gonna pull you away. Absolutely. This has been a great conversation. And kind of coming back to the beginning, neither you or I are TED Talkers. You know, we're not authors. We're not CHROs for the last 20 years. But I also don't think that means that we can't be part of these conversations. That's really part of why we're here. Like, I've learned a lot through this. I love connecting with you on this. And I would encourage you not just to, to be a a listener in the community, but to have a voice, you know, for me, I don't want to be an influencer. Like I have no, I don't have the degrees or experience or knowledge to do that, but I found that I can be an amplifier. I can find bits and pieces and help get some of these bigger things out there. And I encourage you to keep doing what you're doing, keep being a part of the community, be an amplifier or be an influence, be whatever you want, but you don't just have to be a part of it and listen and, and join in the chats. Like I encourage you to keep doing what you're doing. And it's been a pleasure chatting with you. This has been really, really fun. Yeah. Likewise, that, the whole amplifier thing. I love that. So I will definitely uh, take that to heart and join you in the amplification. Yeah, we'll see you. Uh, we'll see you around the HR community. Uh, we didn't get to talking about HR wrestling. I know you, Paul, and John had uh, had a pretty good uh, convo there. So maybe we'll put a link back to that thread. I want to talk about that uh, as well. But I think we're out of time. Chris, congratulations on your new edition. Best wishes to you and your family. And hopefully, we'll have you back here down the road. Yeah, for sure. Again, thank you, Tom. This was awesome. And uh, again, long time coming. And uh, looking forward to uh, talking to you more, either online or offline. A new friend. I appreciate it. Everyone, thank you for listening. If you want to be a part of the show, reach out. I'll talk to anybody and everybody. I really welcome uh, anybody that wants to be a part of this to uh, to throw your hat in the ring. I'd love to get to know you better as well. So, Chris, thank you. Laura, my producer, thank you very much as well. People Element, our sponsor, love you. And we'll see you next time on All About HR. Understand, engage, inspire, and retain your people like never before. People Elements Employee Experience and Engagement Solution delivers powerful intelligence, giving you the confidence to act. To learn how you can gain a better understanding of your employees, please visit us at peopleelement.com.